Welcome to Conversations for Life, a marriage and family podcast from Cross Life with hosts Jonathan and Kathleen. Each episode, we sit down and talk about the things that matter most to those that matter most to you. We're so glad you're with us today. Please pull up a chair and join in the conversation. Hi, friends. We're on vacation this week enjoying some family time, but this is the second part of our conversation about a Christian view of the body relative to marriage and family. It's actually the fourth part of a series we've been doing based on Professor Nancy Piercy's book, Love Thy Body. In this episode, we pick up where we left off in our discussion about some practical ways we can develop a Christian view of the body in our marriages and parenting. So, so Kathleen's already kind of brought up the issue, but let's, let's, let's tease out a few of the, of I think, some specific particular areas where we do think that, that you know, our conversation with Professor Piercy in her book uh, do apply to, to marriage and family and to parenting. So one of them I know you want to talk about is body image. So what is body image? What is that? And, and, and how would that relate to what we've talked about with Professor Piercy? Yeah, that's a big, huge, huge issue. And it's one that's discussed at length in our culture with a huge range of rationales and conclusions. Um, you know, there's people talking about body image and how unhealthy uh, certain messages that young people are getting, how unhealthy those messages are. Mm. But um, I would say a lot of them still don't come from a biblical worldview, an, an accurate worldview, one that's based on reality. You know, so uh, even, even discussions that are trying to help people have a bo- better body image they're still not understanding the nature and the meaning of our bodies as created in God's image, but fallen, and you have to have both of those parts. Um, and you know, I would say that there's many industries that thrive on unhealthy body image, right. pornography, um, a lot of forms of modeling, movies, TV. These industries expect and they sell impossible bodies, and they pressure girls and women into believing and trying to imitate the lies that they sell. Hmm. You know, even for myself, from an extremely young age, I worried about my weight, which is crazy. Um, But whatever my body type, the fact that I was aware of and thinking about whether I measured up to some ideal as a child is really disturbing. Wow, yeah, no kidding. And even as an adult, I'm still discovering the ways that my own body image has been influenced by sources other than God. And there's just so many um, voices feeding into that for all of us. And, of course, body image is more than just liking our size or something like that. It's about <clears throat> whether we see our bodies the way God sees them. And as my old roommate said, used to say, um, God's view of things isn't just another view, it's reality. Hmm. You know, it's so, the view. <clears throat> it's the view. So are we tuned into reality when it comes to our bodies? Do we despise something that God created and loves? And that's a challenging way to think about it. Mm. You know, do I cherish my nose, my waist, my hair, my shape, my skin color, the way God does. Mm. Now, yes, as Amen. we've said, we're broken by the fall, and, and some things like d- disease were not a part of God's original plan for us. So it's good that we have things like medicine and um, surgery to help us overcome or push back certain effects of the fall. But um, your skin color is God's design. Your bone mm. structure is God's design. So I'm not saying any of this is easy. I, I can't sit here and honestly say I love everything about my body. But I can say that since becoming a Christian, I've come to love it more, um, that flowing out of a better understanding that God loves my body. Yes, and if I can just interject as well, that as much as you and I as adults now, uh, I think every human being 
who's who's honest with themselves uh, recognizes how much all of us deal with our own body image and and you know I thought I had uh, at one point when I was um, you know shaving I think I was thinking to myself that you know it's it's amazing whenever I look in the mirror every time I look in the mirror I am breaking the tenth commandment the tenth mm-hmm. commandment is you know thou shalt not covet and. Every mm-hmm. time I look in the mirror, I think about, I wish my body type was more like so-and-so. I wish my skin had uh, more of the, the, the skin tone or the smoothness or whatever of so-and-so. I wish my hair was thicker like so-and-so. I wish my, my brow was, I mean, whatever. You go on and on and on. Every time I look in the mirror, I break the 10th commandment. Mm. Every time. Wow. And, and as, as true as that is for me as an adult, I think... Uh, if I, if I, you know, thinking back to my own adolescence, um, I was consumed by my self-focus on my body when I was a kid and, um, consumed with how other people thought of me, consumed with, with how I looked compared to other people, how I stacked up. And so I think as parents, we need to recognize that, that our kids, especially if you have adolescents, um, that they're they are consumed by these things. And when they're in their school or wherever they are, that, that they are um, thinking about these things all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a crucial element for parenting. And you know, what, what I think, to me, it means that it doesn't mean you, you, you baby your teenager and you're constantly giving them you know, superficial flatteries. Oh, you look so nice. So that's a nice... I mean, yes, of course, uh, flatter them because you love them, but don't do that in a fake way. But I think what it really means for us, uh, if we are parents of adolescents, is that we, we recognize that that the, it's a life or death internal struggle that they're facing about their own bodies and that we as parents need to be willing to get bloody with them in that struggle because it's a real struggle and it's everything to your teenager. Yeah, well, and, and one big issue with body image is eating disorders and mm. um, eating disorders are really complex. You know, they don't just stem from one thing typically. Um, so if you have a child or loved one with an eating disorder knowing the truth about their bodies is just one piece of the puzzle in helping them. I would recommend a family systems approach when helping with someone with eating disorders. In other words, you look at the entire family and how the rules and the ru- uh, rules and the roles in that family affect how this person sees themselves within that context of the of their family, of the people closest to them. And I would recommend cognitive and behavioral help. And so it's, it needs to be a holistic approach. But um, it is also important for the person to better understand their own deeply rooted, probably unconscious beliefs about the human body in general Mm. and about their own body particularly. So peeling back these layers and getting to the heart of how they feel about their body is valuable. I would say it, it may seem that someone who wants to have a perfect body, whatever that means to them, is valuing the body too highly. Their obsession with their body may seem to point to an overly high view of the physical body. But it's actually an obsession with an ideal of perfection that doesn't exist. So it's not a valuing of the body itself, but of an idea. And mm. so this is just feeds, this is, goes right back to this dualism of body and mind or body and spirit, you know, kind of the physical world and the existential world. The body, with all its biological functions and fat and fluids and all the things that are necessary to carry out the wonder of life, is not seen as good in itself. It's being rejected in favor of asceticism and unrealistic Mm. ideas. So, Mm. you know, in in the case of this, the body itself is being devalued. It's being treated with contempt and shame. And so that's 
that's definitely something to consider when thinking about our bodies. And, you know, I don't know how Eve or Adam looked in the garden. They were naked and they were unashamed. And by the way, we often take that straight to a psychological level. Uh, we start talking about how they were unashamed to have their souls bared before each other. But they're also physically naked. That's what the text says. Right. Um, we often screen out these physical, earthy things. But anyway, they were naked and they were perfect. Their bodies mm. were actually perfect. Um, mm. And I think it would be very interesting to know what a perfect human body looks like. Right. And of course, there's a lot of diversity in this world. I don't mean a particular set of genetic features. I don't mean hair color and eye color and height and all that. I mean a body not ravaged by the fall, a body exactly as God designed it and without the shame and sin that marks us now. Yeah, I, I think that when we get to, to, to the new heavens and new earth, you know, again, one of the things that always uh, brings uh, some, some kind of wonder to my, to my heart and, and, and thought life is that when Jesus was resurrected from the dead and had his new body, he was still recognizable as Jesus. Mm. And so I'm going to still look like me for forever, which is kind of a crazy thought. I'm going to look like me. So every time I look in the mirror and I, and I, I hate this or that, it's like, well, I'm stuck with it for forever. And, and, you know, it'll be a glorified body, so it'll look a lot different in some ways. But, but you know, the features that are part of me, my height, my, my, as you mentioned, my bone structure, all these things are part of what God intended for my good. Mm. This is part of his good creation. And he's not going to get rid of that. No. He, he's redeeming it. Um, right. He's not going to get rid of it. And, and so, um, yeah, all, all this you talk about, I mean, again, what a massive amount of really life-changing truth if it sinks in. And, of course, I think all of us will spend our entire lives letting it sink in further and further and then groaning and grieving at how much we, we, we still fight that. Um, but, you know, beyond body image, one area that, that as I was talking with Professor Pearcey and reading her book that stood out to me that, that, you know, over the past, I think, I don't know, however long, long time, I've had just a growing discomfort with the, the general trajectory of, of, this is not really big, of society as a whole, which is really massive. But what I mean by that is that, you know, more and more and more, we as human beings are, are living in a virtual world. Mm. We're living in a world of, of social media, of internet, of uh, video streaming, and, and, you know, especially for a lot of men, video gaming and women too. And, you know, I think as Christians, we've, we've wrestled to put our finger on, why does this not feel right? Why, does, why is playing too many video games a bad thing? You know, we could say, oh, well, you're not being productive. Yeah, and I agree with that. You get good grades. But, but I think for many of us, there's something bigger at stake with this whole thing about technology and, and the virtuality that's coming with it that, that I think I didn't even really see until I began to think, really think about the body and what does our faith teach us about the body. Our faith teaches us that God made the world and he made our bodies. And therefore, we are to live as integrated people, uh, body, soul, and mind all together. That's what makes us us. And so anytime we overemphasize one aspect of that, whether it's, you know, being monks in the Middle Ages, presumably, and, and overemphasizing the soul, or being, you know, uh, rational people and thinking it's all about the mind, or, or whatever it might be, um, whenever we overemphasize one aspect of, of who we are, we lose so much of who God designed us to be. And so what I think about with so much of what I see in our, in our society and where we're headed as, as, as humanity, with living truly finding our life more and more in a virtual world, we're losing so much about what it actually means to be human. And that, to me, has been a real light bulb for me. And so as I think about as a parent, you know, we let our kids watch, watch Netflix and we watch 
uh, Netflix from time to time. I play video games occasionally. We every now and then dabble a little bit in that, and and you know, so we're not saying that the the, the right solution is to go off and be you know, live in Montana in a in a, in a uh, you know what a compound, right? <laughs> Don't hate on Montana. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to be in Montana. I'd love it. It'd be great. The, that, as I'm saying, it sounds really you know idyllic. That's not the point, right? The, the the point is never to react and just just to chuck it all in. The point is always to say, what does God's truth say? And so certainly mm-hmm. recreation is a, is a very viable, valuable part of life. But to what degree am I finding my life in any of these things? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you can't make a rule out of that, right? The, the, you can't make rules about what... But I would say as a parent, you need to be challenging. I need to be challenging my kids as they're getting older. If, if I see signs of, of their finding their life in a virtual world, whether that's TV whether it's internet, whether it's video games, whether it's social media, I need to recognize that they're not finding their life, they're losing their humanity. Mm. And, and how, how vital it is for me to think through with them and even challenge them and maybe even have to, to put in some, some strict measures to help them not lose themselves in a false reality. So that's, right. that's something that I thought a lot about with this is, is you know, the, the, the virtual world and how it's teaching us to find an identity and a reality that's not the one God created for us. We are, yeah. Look, you and I, neither of us are big-time sports people out there running you know, and, and you know, hardcore a- a- athletes, but both of us know that when we neglect our bodies, when we're not doing physical things with our bodies, that there's something in us is withering away. Yeah, well, and even just if we try to live in a disembodied reality, you know, it's, it doesn't work because it's not who we are. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I will just say in closing up, Kathleen, you know, I, I'd love to just close with a few practical things, but do you have anything you want to, you know, jump in and say about the virtual world and reality and social media? Any, any thoughts about that? <laughs> Is it okay if I say no? <laughs> uh, that's fine. <laughs> At least not right now. I have many so, thoughts, but yeah. Can you talk about some practical advice for parents about how to talk with their kids about their bodies? Um, I, I, I will say I wish it were it were more straightforward. Quite frankly, there's not a lot from a Christian worldview, a Protestant evangelical worldview that really deals with our bodies in a cohesive way. Uh, we're, so we're working on a course to help meet that need, one small part. And of course, I would say pick up Nancy's book. It doesn't address parenting and marriage and all that directly, but of course it relates to it and helps feed into a bigger picture of what we should be doing as believers with our bodies. Um, I'll say just a couple of things that you absolutely, mom and dad, you need to be intentional in talking with your kids at, at developmentally appropriate ages about their bodies. At five, at, at 10, at 15, you need to be sitting down with them and not making a big deal out of it, a big production out of it, but on a regular basis, weaving those conversations yeah. into your parenting and even taking opportunities when something comes up. Um, seizing those opportunities or taking those opportunities for those those long car rides, um, but but being intentional, you cannot leave it to them to figure out on their own. Please don't leave it to your kids to sort of stumble through adolescence trying to figure out what they're supposed to believe about their bodies. They are looking to you uh, for uh, for guidance and leadership and how they should see their bodies as they're going through all those changes. And how does God see their bodies? So be intentional. Mm. Be natural. Like I said, don't make it a fake thing or an awkward thing. You know, a lot of TV shows and, you know, it's always the, the, the joke, the birds and the bees. But if you've had a, if you developed a relationship with your child where talking about real life is normal, it won't be weird. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and part of that, too, is, you know, maybe there's some good, um, you know, uh, friends, family, whatever, that, that also you might want to say, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, maybe there's, there's some good rapport there and, and, and there's some good conversations that they can have with your kids if there's, you know, like a youth leader, that sort of thing. Uh, so intentional, natural, and, 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 you know, the next thing is just thinking about being proactive. Don't wait for them to come home and say, oh, Johnny showed me this at school, and then now you're kind of cutting a corner, or, hey, I heard this. Be proactive. You know, talk with your, your pastor, your, your church leaders, and think through, okay, I know my kids at this, at this age. What are some good things? Are there some good curriculum and good, good books, whatever, whatever that help you engage with your kid? Uh, so intentional, natural, proactive, and, and then finally be positive. And I'm going to end on this note. As I've already said it, the Christian view of the body is a positive view of the body. So as you deal with, and, and, and Nancy brings, brings us th- this out really well in her book, as we deal with specific ethical issues, our attitude as Christians is not, oh, no, 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 that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. No, our, our, our primary view is a positive one about the body. And then yeah. out of that positive view, okay, well, he, in light of that, here are some things that, that we should not do because they're not the way God designed us. And so I'll just say that, that you know, it's, first of all, it's you you need to be you need to be the one having those conversations with your kids not 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 their teachers not others you need to be the primary one so so be intentional be natural be proactive um, and and be positive and then you know the last thing i'll say is we are developing a course on the body and the specific aim is to give parents of of adolescents something that they can work through with their kids to help them give that that launch pad to have those conversations in a way that will engage their their adolescent kids in, in a real and meaningful way and that we hope that the parents and youth will find meaningful. And so pray for that. It's it's gonna be a little while till that's till that's um, out the door, but you can certainly pray for that. And we would welcome your feedback. I would love to hear comments, stories, questions from uh, the conversations we had with, with Professor Piercy. Maybe you've picked up her book and you've read it, or maybe this conversation, whatever. Anything, comments, questions, please leave them on our website, crosslifetoday.org. So, hey, thanks, for everyone, for joining us. We know it's been great for us. I hope it's been great for you all. We wish you well wherever you are. Take care, and God bless.